Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I am married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're really enacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? I got an interesting email this week. He says, thank you for taking my email in question. My girlfriend and I listen to you on the radio and she respects your opinion as I do. So here's the question. I've been separated for nine months. I'm working on a divorce. Is it okay to date? I believe it is. But she's not comfortable with being around people who know my divorce is not final. Can you help? He kind of answered it when he said, if she's not comfortable, it's not a good gig. And, you know, what I truly believe you've got to be able to do is you have got to be able to end the chapter before you start another one. You know, I have clients that come in and they're separated, but they're not divorced and they're seeing somebody else. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. You know, you need to do this in a clean way. That increases your integrity. So I'm sorry, I cannot endorse what's going on there. And I I get that we live in a society where it's really disposable. So, you know, if you kind of ended a, a relationship in your mind, if it's heading towards divorce, if you're waiting on the divorce to occur, you may say, can't I get on with my life? But no, I would actually say this is an opportunity for you to figure out how you can get to know yourself better so that you can deepen your recovery and make a real difference in your life. Yeah, I'm Carol Jurgensen Sheets, a.k.a. Carol the Coach, and we've got a great show for you tonight. Just if you know that I have these 10 recovery tools, 
And the first five have to do with 12-step work. But sometimes you'll deal with somebody who isn't in 12-step work or what they really believe to be true is that they need another type of support group. And so tonight we're going to be talking about Every Man's Battle. Every Man's Battle is an organization that provides support to men, support to the wives, support to the daughters, and you know, there's reading material, there are mentors, there are small um, fellowship or check-in groups. It's um, like 12-step recovery, but different. And so I really, really, really believe in that. Let me take this call because I believe this is somebody who wants to meet with us. Angela, we are going to see what we can do about making this work. Hold on. Okay. Because you're supposed to call another number. I e- emailed it to you. And um, let's see if I can make I that I could hang up and call that number. Yeah, why don't you? Okay, what is the number? The number is 646, and I sent it to you in an email, 595 Oh, it's not 3284? Yeah, 3284. Okay, I'll hang up and dial that number. Perfect. Thank Thank you. And you guys may have heard that Angela was just trying to figure out what she needed to do to get her needs met. Hopefully she will hang up and she will figure out what we can do to make that happen. Because, you know, I get a lot of people who are on the line and, yeah, I think she was on the call, but, hey, it didn't work. That's okay. She will call back. As we are here for All right, Angela, this is Charles Post, and I'm so glad that you called today. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. So um, I, I had I had um, several um, questions. My husband um, started with a CSAT counselor at the end of June, and we've been mm-hmm. in um, recovery for like 19 years. And my husband's CSAT um, um, counselor, who became who just became certified, knew that he was acting out from day one. And she didn't tell him to tell his group and me until, like, late September. And I was wondering, does that sound right? I know you have to build trust, but, the you know, with the acting out and stuff, it seemed like a, a long time to wait. And I was just wondering how that works. Well, and I know you have several questions, but here's my belief, and probably this new CSAT didn't know that. You know, when you're working with somebody, and I want to know, let's just call your CSAC counselor Mary. Was Mary okay. working with you at all? No, not at all. Okay. 
we had and my so, husband and I had had a counselor together before her, and they weren't mm-hmm. getting anywhere. So the counselor said she couldn't see him anymore. Well, the reason they weren't getting anywhere is because he was acting out and he wasn't teachable. <laughs> so yeah. So then yeah, he I went to this other counselor on his own and saw her by himself. And what I think happened, Angela, is that here you are. Your husband started with counsel. We're going to call her Mary at the end of June. And you thought that the two of you were in recovery for 19 years. In other words, your husband had 19 years of recovery, correct? Well, we've been in recovery for 19 years, but before that, Mm -hmm. prior to that, he had had two relapses, and I thought that he had been sober for five years, that out of that five years when we had started Mm -hmm. a new group and this other Mm -hmm. counselor, it was actually only two and a half years. Yeah. You know, every counselor does it their own way. So I'm not going to throw her under the bus, but if if you go to my website, it says, hey, I'm not going to hold a secret for you. Now, the bottom line is, if I were working with him, I would need to be working with you. And if I weren't working with you, I would be saying to him, we have got to work with your wife and let her know that you're not sober. They've had some slips. She deserves to know that because she deserves to know the truth. So then when you say to me, you know, is that fair? Does that sound right that the counselor didn't tell you? Well, if you didn't work with the counselor, yes, who knows what that counselor has been saying to him. But I want to empathize with you because that's horrible when you're in a marriage and you think they're doing okay, you know they've had some slips, they're in counseling with a CSAT, and you trust a certified sexual addiction therapist, and then you don't know the truth. So, Angela, I just wow. first want to say I am so sorry that you're going through this. Now, you said that your husband suffers from something he calls lizard brain. Tell us a little right. bit about that. Well, he says that, you know, intellectually he knows the right thing to go to do, but then this lizard mm-hmm. brain comes in and takes over and takes him down a path he doesn't want to go, and it doesn't reason with logic. And I'm just like, okay, your lizard brain um, made you do this? You know, I'm just having trouble buying that. Well, I would agree. And kept you there for you two and, and a my, half years? <laughs> yeah, if you were my client and you told me your husband had lizard brain and it was on top of the fact that it took him from June till September to be honest about what he was doing, I would say to you, the addiction, you should say, I don't have lizard brain, I have addiction brain, and I'm acting out, and I'm so confused, I don't know what to do because I want what I want when I want it, and I don't want to be honest, but I know I should, but I don't want to. So here's what I believe. Your husband is having trouble being honest with you. Would you agree with that? Yes. 
And I know that you went to a pastor at your church, and after listening to the history, said, my husband doesn't want recovery, and my counselor is telling me to leave my husband. I'm so confused and scared. My husband is saying, what if I'm that guy that doesn't want help? Well, tell me a little bit about that, Angela. Well, um, because the the pastor who was also a counselor at the church, he said, well, after Mm -hmm. he heard the history, he said, well, this is a no-brainer. You don't want help. And basically he said a whole whole lot of other things, but in the end he said that there was nothing he could do for my husband. My husband wanted to get an accountability partner who had gone through this um, recovery and someone to hold him accountable, and he said that he wouldn't waste his guise on him and basically that he didn't want recovery because it's been so many years and that he could support me and the church could love on me, but there was nothing he could do for my husband. Mm-hmm. So, and then the counselor that we had before together, uh, she's kind of telling me to leave also. So I'm just like, okay, do I listen to these experts or, you know? Well, you know, here's what I believe, because you know, I am a CSAT, I'm a certified sexual addiction counselor, and I really do, um, I understand addiction and I understand men that are in and out of addiction, and your husband doesn't sound like he's been in recovery long enough this last time. And then I hear you, and you're wanting honesty, you're wanting transparency, and you're wanting truth, Right. Right. And it doesn't sound like your husband can really do that right now, correct? Right. Well, as far as I know, he's told me everything he says is truthful, but, of course, I haven't had a polygraph, so, you know, I don't know. Well, and we'll go to that polygraph in one second. So here's what I know. If you're a partner and you're not ready to leave your husband, then there's no reason to feel pressure from outside professionals. I mean, that's got to be your decision, not the pastor, not the counselor, not a support group. You've got to decide what you want, Angela. And so have you decided what you want? I'm going back and forth, like um, I'm not totally decided, but back and forth. Yeah, I bet. I I understand that. That's like most partners. They go back and forth. They're just not sure what it is they actually want. So here's what I suggest you do. And and I want you to think about this and then call back and so we can talk some more. Okay. Um, Nobody knows what you should do but you. And if you're not ready to know yet, if you're going back and forth, there is nothing wrong with that. You need to take as much time as you need to make that decision. However, a good therapist who's working with your husband should be telling him to be honest. Now, I get that your husband is saying that that didn't happen right off the bat, but Here's what what I believe. When I am working with a sex addict, I make sure to see the wife right off the bat so that the wife knows me 
I know the wife, and they know they can come back in. This is a relational issue. It is not just about your husband's recovery. It's about your relationship. And he needs to help you get healthy, and you need to help hold him accountable if you want to. And then you Mm -hmm. can decide, can we be together or not? So I've got my guests coming on, but I would invite you, if you would like, to call back next week so we can further this conversation. Okay, sure. Yeah, this is a new type of partner-sensitive treatment. And a lot of our listening audience doesn't even understand it. And, Angela, my heart goes out to you, and I know you still love this man and you're willing to do what it takes. You just want to make sure you're safe. And that he's going to change. And we know, we don't know if he's going to change. So let's at least work next week on keeping you safe. Okay, great. All right, well, then you've got the number. Okay, thanks. You know where to call. And I'll talk to you at the beginning of next week's show. Okay, thank you. You're welcome, Angela. Have a great day. And now, as I indicated, it is so hard for partners to know to know how to relate, and and certainly the addicts I work with are really motivated to helping their wives heal. And he doesn't sound like he's in a place yet to do that, and probably he hasn't worked with this new partner-sensitive model. So I encourage you all to look at APSATS.org, that's A-P-S-A-T-S.org, to find a specialist who is partner-sensitive whether you're a sex addict or a partner, you deserve to work the truth and your integrity. And that's, that's why I am having on our leader in every man's battle. This is a man who has, who has participated in every man's battle, and he's actually created his own group in his own church, in his own neighborhood, and That's what Every Man's Battle is about. It is about circulating among churches to help men who have sexual addiction. So welcome to the show, and I am so happy to have you here tonight. Thanks for having me on tonight. Absolutely. You know, we have never done a show on Every Man's Battle. We have had uh, Kristen on, who's talked about for support group for women, but I realized that my audience didn't know anything about Every Man's Battle. So if you would, and I'm going to call you Tom, if you would, Tom, talk to us a little bit about this organization and and maybe even what it's done for you and the community. Uh, Thanks, uh, Carol. One of the uh, things primary to recovery is uh, you had mentioned to your caller it's a relationship issue. So the first place mm-hmm. that men can learn relationship is in in these groups. Uh, so, friend was um, the uh, there's a, a man in Indianapolis decided that you know to turn his life over to this ministry to help men that are suffering from sexual addiction or sexual brokenness. Um, and what happened, he came out of that with um, some leaders of, of a, the local area and decided what can we do to help men in this area that's a little bit different than 
the models that we've already got. And it wasn't that he set out to be different. It's just that it came about to be in a different way. And so what we found, and I've been in several different fellowships that re, that deal with addiction and recovery. And a lot of the, the models are, you know, uh, behavior, you know, do this and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again over and over. And uh, the man that wrote the book, Every Man's Battle Book, is uh, lives in Indianapolis now. And he brought up that, you know, he wrote the book some 20 years ago. And when he wrote the uh-huh. book, pornography wasn't like it is now because the Internet obviously was totally different back then. And so things change through time. So what they come up with out of that was how can we have a living, breathing recovery model? And that's kind of what was born into the Every Man's Battle. So in a a kind of a nutshell, what it is is every week we have a uh, video presentation at the beginning or a, a present a live presentation in Indianapolis um on Mondays and it's videotaped. And there's once a month there's someone will give their testimony or, or their story, more or less. And um it's we welcome whether it's a Christian, non Christian, non denominational, whatever your uh flavor of faith is, you're welcome to come in because um besides someone's story Every month we have licensed counselors. We've had authors that's spoken. So there's a first session that is a teaching portion of the Every Man's Battle that happens every week. It's videotaped. It's taught. There's local professionals that show up. There's um, local authors. And it's a teaching session on how to break free from this, as well as as someone's story to give some uh, hope and strength to people. And then after... Well, let me... Can I that, ask you something, Tom? Yeah. You said that this was originated from a man who wrote a book. The man's name is what? Well, actually, it, it, him and um, a guy who does this full-time ministry, Michael Carey, he didn't write the mm-hmm. book, um, but he's friends with Steve Otterburn, who did write the book. And um, so out of Michael's ministry, which is... Um, living-truth.org, and I'll give that website again later. Um, okay. He started this ministry, and they were kind of, this was born out and kind of handed to him that uh, as a different model of a way of doing things. And Steve uh, Atterburn that wrote the book as, as well as um, several other books. He's got quite a few books, um, well-respected author. Um, they kind of decided, yeah, we can use this name and kind of tie it to this because this is the problem that we're kind of going after. Got it. Okay. Because, you know, a lot of our listeners love to go to groups. A lot of our listeners go to counselors. And a lot of our listeners love to read the book. So one more time, the book is called? It's called Every Man's Battle. And if you... A lot of, um, there's other recovery models out there, and I'm not going to call them by name, but a lot of them, they'll go through a book once, what do you do? You go through the book Mm -hmm. again. And that's 
that's really not this model. That's not what they wanted to do. Um, so okay. that's what started this teaching session that every week someone teaches a teaching session and it's videotaped. And then from that, we take that videotape and and it's sent out like it's on the website and any body can start in every man's battle group anywhere in the country or in the world really and they can access these videos that are recorded of these professionals teaching and then they can play that in their at their facility and then after the teaching session there's breakout groups and we try to keep those breakout groups you know a, seven to eight people or less, and each goes and they talk about what they learned in the teaching session. They share um, what your listeners might recognize as a check-in, kind of how your week has gone and those kind of things. And that's where you really get intimate with your brothers that you're in the battle with is in those breakout groups. But it's all predicated by this session of teaching, which is videotaped and then available online to anybody else that wants to start an every man's battle group anywhere in the country. Or world. Wow. So there is a real consistency to this, and everybody's kind of looking at the same thing at the same time, give or take a week or so. Yeah, it is. And one of the things about it that um, Stephen Otterburn, that wrote the book, brought up at one of our leadership meetings was you know, the book is great, but it's 20 years old, and things change. So this kind of a a program where you have a new people teaching every week. Um, it's a living and breathing model of recovery. It gets to change with time. You know, I'm also a part of uh, 12-step groups, and 12-step groups don't change. They're the same as they were when Bill W. started them back in the 30s, 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's important. People need to have repetition, but also it can be a little bit dated. A hundred percent. So, again, the difference with this is it's, it's fresh and it's very Christian-oriented, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it is. I mean, this ministry is not Michael's ministry or Steve's or anybody else's. This is, you know, Michael brings up all the time, this is Jesus's ministry. You know, it's whatever mm-hmm. he wants to do with this. All we are is pawns in his his overall um, battle to fight this. So how do you think, Tom, it's changed you? So when I started recovery, I didn't have much spirituality, so I grew a lot in that. As I grew and my spirituality grew, um, I was seeking a little bit more um deeper faith, and I got to the point where I was trying to work my 12-step groups, also trying to discover faith, and, you know, what's 12-step and what's faith and what's spirituality. I kind of had it all kind of mixed around and kind of feeling my way through it all, and when I come into Every Man's Battle, it really tied it together. You know, we've had speakers that have been strong Christians talk about 12-step groups and how they affected them. We've had guys tell, you know, stories, their story, and and they're not afraid to speak about Jesus in their story because it's part of their story. 
where when you're in some of the 12-step groups, you worry about offending some people or um, someone may take it kind of the wrong way. We say what's on our heart here, and it's um, it's allowed me to be open as I might have and asking anything I want, and um, people can speak back to that with me. So I, I'm the more more of an authentic person. I'm more myself in this than I probably am in anything else. So I've got a question because clearly I have men that that come to therapy with a CSAT because they've got a porn addiction or maybe they've been to prostitutes or massage parlors or she males or they were looking at, at child porn. Is every man's battle appropriate for anybody? Yeah, it really is. And that's another another thing I really appreciate about every man's battle is I tell guys in, in the group I run that – you should feel welcome if you're just the guy who doesn't want to look at the wrong magazines as you're going through the grocery store line. If that's all the deeper, deeper your problem is, you know, we've got something for you, you know, that you can learn from as well. But also for the guy who's been hiring prostitutes every time he goes out of town on business or the guy who's had multiple affairs and several failed marriages, we've also got people that can speak to that pretty much all-encompassing, more so than anything else I've been been around. Well, and, and so where are these meetings housed? I mean, how do you find out about Every Man's Battle? Okay, I'll give you the, the website again, and then I'll give Michael um, Michael's number, phone number on here. He had, told me I could do so tonight. So it's uh, living-truth.org. L-I-V-I-N-G hyphen T-R-U-T-H dot O-R-G livingtruth.org on his website there's a M-I-B men in the battle that's what that stands for um, and there's also a W-I-B um, selection and that's for women in the battle that Michael's wife helps facilitate now main meetings is at Northview um, campus in Carmel in Indianapolis. And right now that's the only place we're shooting video. Every other site um, we stream the video offline. And you can have this meeting in your basement with three guys. You can have this meeting in your church. Like I've asked my church and my church facilitates it. But, I mean, you can have this meeting anywhere. Anywhere where more than two guys or more than one guy <laughs> two guys to three guys, anywhere you can meet, you can have one of these meetings. Um, you can go on that website and look, and then I will give you the number. It's Michael, M-I-C-H-E-A-L-C-A-R-Y, Michael Carey, area code mm-hmm. 317-204-3844, and that's Michael Carey at 317 317- Two zero four three eight four four. You can certainly call Michael. He can give you a, um, some ideas. We have a uh, beginner's pack, so there's there's ready material. You do not have to be a master facilitator to run this meeting. Everything is done for you. There is um, there's a protocol for starting the meeting, ending the meeting, um, start a meeting, how to run a meeting. Um, 
everything is available on there to teach you how to do this. You don't have to have any kind of uh, credentials to start this. All you have to do is is have a and want a want to to stop um, looking at porn or um, having um, inappropriate relations or whatever whatever your uh, problems you're dealing with it's uh, less oriented that's all you need is just to want to get better and everything can be handed to you well that makes sense now just share somebody's typical history like think of somebody in your group obviously anonymous and share their history so our, our listeners know what kind of issues somebody may face well, um, so in one of our uh, meetings, we've got someone who has viewed porn since they were probably 11 or 12. Uh, their whole life, uh, they hit it, never knew they viewed porn. They became distant in their relationship with their wife. Um, they were not... Porn got bad enough that they were lying about it and hiding it and keeping it a secret, and it was costing money, and it was creating massive voids and in intimacy between them and their wives. And then all of a sudden, their wives find all this porn, and they were discovered, and they realized that they needed help because they tried to stop watching porn several times, but they were never able to quit. Um, this particular individual had a lot of shame, did not feel comfortable going to their pastor or their church where they were respected. Um, therefore, they showed up to our meeting, and they've been clean now for over a year, I believe, and uh, doing quite well. But besides that, their intimacy with their wife has picked up, and um, they feel like they finally they're living in integrity again. That's one instance. Yeah, and, you know, it is all about integrity. It's about being your authentic self. It's about being honest and not being afraid to deal with your battle, right? Yeah, it is. And the beautiful thing about what I like about Every Man's Battle is each month when someone gives their story, it, uh-huh. there's somebody in the audience that says, oh, it's not just me. Um, and so there's a connection made every month that someone talks like that. And then, of course, most of the counselors and the people we've talked to, uh, they've lived through this as well. Um, so that's part of the, the struggle is to realize, you know what, I'm not doing this alone. There's other people... And not only is there other people that's struggling, but there's other people that have struggled and gotten better, and I can too. So let me ask you, obviously in a 12-step group, you know, you go to meetings, you have a sponsor, you read a specific book, you work the 12 steps, and you create fellowship. So how does that work for every man's battle? So after we... And have the teaching session, and like I'll talk specifically in my group that I started at my church. We will stream the video session, and after it's over, then we have a, a small groups, and 
like I said, between uh, we try to keep it a seven and under, um, and uh, we go around the room and we kind of check it. We talk about, okay, this is what I got from the speaker, and then this is how my weeks went. And we share with each other how our weeks went, if there's prayer requests that guys have, if there's struggles they have, um, then we certainly share that. Um, and we're able to listen to each other. And if there's something that someone's going through, we've been through, we can offer support for that. And so we create a, a very intimate bond with those people in our breakout sessions. And it's the same people every week, and we really get to know each other really well. Each other all week long, we call each other. And some some guys uh, in small groups, they meet for coffee in the morning one day a week. And there's been, as a matter of fact, there's several groups that do something outside of every man's battle together um, each week. And you really create a good bond and start growing your ability to uh, be intimate with other people. Well, and you know, you mentioned intimacy, and truly intimacy is not necessarily sexuality. It is about being close and authentic and vulnerable with other people. And so in every man's battle, you strive to... Become close, authentic, and honest to deal with the issues, correct? Yeah, it really is. Um, when when I say we become intimate, it, I kind of, the precursor to that is most of us, for some reason in our lives, we didn't feel safe to be honest and open until um, our, everything about ourselves. Something in there, something happened that we were afraid to be totally open and honest. Um, I found that to be most the case. I mean, I'm sure there's some some people in there who were honest with their struggles, whether it be pornography or whatever, from the beginning. But the guys that I've met, in, uh, most of them were not honest about it. They tried to hide it because it didn't feel safe um, to share, whether they felt judged, whether they... Um, felt the uh, the repercussions of a secret life being known uh, was going to cause them to be alone, whatever their the reasoning be, they just didn't feel safe in opening up and being vulnerable to other people. And this gives them a safe environment to start doing that with each other. And eventually, hopefully, it transfers into their other relationships uh, if they're married with their spouse and even with their children, you know, to be more open and honest with their children and to learn. And we also, and I have to mention this, as part of, I think, something very important when you're in a group like this is you learn, you start to learn to listen. Uh, there's protocols that we kind of go by where, you know, someone's talking. We really listen to what they have to say. And for me, that was one of the things that helped me uh, tremendously was being in smaller groups like that where I had to really start learning to listen to other people. And so, you know, one of the things that I talk about in my empathy books that I'm writing right now is that reflective listening, when you listen intently 
directly to the other person so that you will take in that information. And that means you don't have to debate it. You don't have to justify. You don't have to defend. You're really listening to hear what the other person is saying. And that is a precursor to good communication. So if you think about every man's battle and the fact that it sounds like this is a model where anybody can start a group, um, all they need is two people to do it, and then you look at the video series, and then there's a series of questions, and then you work on your own transparency and honesty. Um, does somebody have to be a leader? Absolutely not. Um, you know, the the way to run meetings, all of that, how to facilitate it is all online. It's all available to anybody that wants to. You do not have to be a leader. Um, you could, I mean, theoretically, you could start it with a couple of shy, quiet people, um, say three people that don't really want to talk, they could watch the video and they could sit there and stare at each other for half an hour if they want to. Or they can start by just talking about the video. You know, I heard him say this, I heard him say that. And eventually in time, they'll get to know each other better and they'll start talking to each other. So it, it does not take a leader. It just takes a, a, a need to want to get better. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a very unfair question. Do you have a preference in terms of a 12-step group like Sex Addicts Anonymous or Sexaholics Anonymous or Every Man's Style? Yeah, I would say it's unfair only to the fact that um, I'm in, I, was, I found Every Man's Battle when I was a different place in my recovery. Um, I prefer okay. now, yeah, now I prefer every man's battle. Um, mm-hmm. The the f- first meeting I ever had in this part of the country in Indiana as is, is Sex Addicts Anonymous is a little bit more prevalent than any others. And so that was my first place that I found it. Um, mm-hmm. But my favorite of the week now is uh, is every man's battle, there's no doubt. But I didn't have... So here, here's the thing. I started two groups, and I do run an SAA group as well because I didn't have much faith came into recovery. And it was through growing faith that I um, came to every man's battle. And so I would say that if if someone's already got the faith, you know, every man's battle might be a better fit for him. Um, and someone mm-hmm. who's not had much um, still give it a shot. You know, I'm curious how I would have responded had I found every man's battle first. That's an interesting question, but I really don't know the answer to that. Yeah, well, and that makes sense. And it's not really fair because they're both fabulous programs. You know, Patrick Karn said, and he was the guru that started sexual addiction, he said, you need a committee. You need an entire group of people to help you uh, work through this problem. You cannot do it alone. So, do you believe that, that you cannot do it on your own? Yeah, I do. And and you know, I'm I'm gonna kind of let the cat out of the bag. I hate you know, I hate to remind. Even in twelve step groups, that's a spiritual program. 
You know, the, mm-hmm. that they did. They talked about God back in the 40s and the 50s. It's not a non-faithful um, program. You To get better, you have to have faith. Um, you have to believe in something that you've not seen. And uh, every man's battle calls it what it is. It doesn't shy away from that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's all a spiritual program to get better. Okay, and so let me know. And I mean, obviously you said that some of these guys get together either before the meeting or after the meeting. They actually create friendships, men that are afraid of friendships. They're afraid of fellowship. They're afraid of connection. What would you tell them? I would say to uh, still either join in every man's battle that um, already exists or uh, don't be afraid to start one anyway. There's uh, absolutely no um, pressure to meet outside of here at all. Um, all of those things that happen like that completely happen organically where the guys get together and want to. Um, but no, I mean, you can just go to the meetings and, and there's at least 12 different everyman battles meetings across the country. Um, you know, it's a fairly new, um, you know, in terms of recovery groups, it's fairly new. If you haven't heard of it, that's probably why. But we're from Indiana to Des Moines, Iowa. We're all over the place um, and and still growing. Um, so if you're afraid of friendships, um, there's probably some re- good reasons you are. And so, you know, this is a great place to come and, and meet people and kind of get to know people in, in a safe environment um, where you're not expected to do you know anything outside of here we don't we don't hold give people homework we don't ask them you know every week well have you worked this step or have you done that step or are you in this place or that place it's really something that a guy can create his own um, custom recovery in and not be pressured by all that all that stuff well you know i i agree that one of the things that addiction steals from the normal person is drive and ambition and goal setting and connection. And so when an addict is newly recovered, it can feel pretty daunting to think, oh, my gosh, i got to read a book, or oh, my gosh, i got to set goals, or oh, my gosh, somebody's going to hold me accountable. And so what I hear you saying is, Although there are some recommendations that every man's battle makes, you get to do it on your time. You really can. And that's one of the, I guess, misnomers I'd like to uh, discredit is this isn't something you're going to come in and then we're going to go through the every man's battle book in the back and do some workbook that corresponds with it and you're going to have to do so many chapters a week and all that stuff. It's none of that. There's none of that in here. A loving community to bring guys together. That's what it is. And sure, there's teaching. There'll be guys talking about, you know, um, 12-step groups. There'll be guys talking about uh, brain chemistry. There'll be guys talking about the addiction cycle. There'll be guys talking about shame. 
uh, you know, all of those things are going to be talked about from the uh, someone who knows what they're talking about. But you're not responsible to um, have to do X or Y this week to be ready for next week. It's nothing like that. Um, but I say that to also bring up recovery is about accountability and it is about doing something. So this isn't something we really want people to come in and feel comfortable every week failing at. Um, so there, when you get to know the guys in your small group, they're going to ask you questions, you know, like, how did your week go? Um, you know, how did, how did, uh, how did, did you make it through this week, you know, and sometimes there's specific things with relationships we'll ask about. So there will be some hard questions asked of you um, when you get to know some people, but there's certainly not expectations um, like some of the other uh, things that I've heard about going on. Okay. So, again, there are going to be people that are going to be checking in with you, but not anybody who's going to command or demand things of you. Absolutely not. And we have, you know, here we have a place come in and we have like a beginner's class. And Mm -hmm. that beginner's class is just kind of going to explain what what recovery is available to you and what Mm -hmm. recovery looks like. You know, and that's all that's going to, you know, that's what's going to be explained to you when you start is this is what recovery is, this is what it looks like, this is what, you know, is available for you. You know, and the, and then the harder stuff comes later when you get really into when you decide that this is, I'm going to get better. Well, and I get that. Now, let me just ask you, because at the beginning of the show, you mentioned that there's also a group for wives or partners, and there's also a group for daughters. So give us a little bit of history on both of those groups. Well, the women in the battle, um, I've, I've never been to them, obviously. <laughs> but uh, but there has been, uh, Michael spoke there. Um, there has been other men that have spoken there because the ladies have asked to hear some of our stories. So there's been guys that's went there. And it, it functions very much the same way. They have a presenter each week that teaches, and they uh, videotape that, and they're available to help you start a women in the battle group anywhere else. Uh, Kristen that runs it is a, a certified uh, recovery coach, um, just like mm-hmm. Michael's a certified recovery coach for men. Um, but she can help women get started. There's um, There's daughters in the battle that has started there. So uh, once a month, I believe, or something like that. And there's some young ladies that have had fathers that have been addicts, and they can talk to other um, young adults about that because, quite honestly, children are kind of lost in this. Um, We have some great recovery that's just now being available for uh, spouses, for wives, and um, and for and, and helps create safety with them, and there's some great stuff done there. But children who are raised in this environment have a lot of needs as well because it's just it's a it's a tough tough thing to overcome. And so they've got people there 
that can speak to that. Well, that makes total sense. But really, it, it deals with a family approach. And wow, isn't that amazing that it's not just the addict, it's not just the partner, it's anybody in the family that needs it. It really is. It does encompass the whole family. And, you know, I've there's so much in recovery groups that have kept anonymous, and for good reason. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of couples who know the partner goes to women, the men goes to men in the battle, and they know that, and they've actually, you know, couples get to know each other as well. And it does create more of a family environment for recovery. Well, I so appreciate, Tom, that you're willing to share this kind of information with us because this is something that we've never talked about. Obviously, if somebody is not sure about their spirituality, you know, they don't necessarily believe in Jesus, um, what would you say? Is this something that they should try? Yeah, I think especially, especially if someone's questioning their relationship with Jesus, I think this is a group they need to go to. This is not church. This is, uh, there are real guys here with real issues. There are people that were damaged by religion that come here, and there are people who just, blatantly just are lost and and so this certainly is a place where all of the aspects are talked to and it's not this isn't your Sunday school church thing now this is real life with real people and there's some people that have uh, been quite damaged with religion but yet they love this because it's true fellowship it's it's not putting on your Sunday best it's coming in warts and all and just being open and honest about it and if you if you have questions or you have you're not sure about things, man, those questions are welcomed because you know digging into that stuff is is certainly um, valued in this environment. Appreciate that. And as we part tonight, one more time, would you give us the name of the website and the phone numbers of how people can contact? Um, both Kristen and Michael, to find out where they can go to get help with every man's battle or every woman's battle or every daughter's battle. Okay, the website is living-truth.org, and there's a mm-hmm. MIB, Men in the Battle, tab on the top, and there's a WIB, Women in the Battle, tab on the top. Both of those places give you access to... Uh, information to reach out to either of them. I'll give you Michael's number. I do not have Kristen's. Um, but Michael's Carrie's number is 317-204-3844. And one more time, 317-204-3844. Thank you so much, Tom. You've been really helpful. And I, I just want our listening audience to know all the resources that are out there for for them because, you know, before when people had a sexual addiction, they were really isolated and they didn't know where to go for help. And truly, Every Man's Battle is a wonderful place to get the help that they need. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on, Carol. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You make it a great week. All right. Bye. All right. Have a good one. So that was obviously a spokesperson and a leader for every man's battle. And, you know, can you imagine if you started going to a group and then all of a sudden you decide to make it your own and to really find a location that was close to you and your community? How lucky is that? And that's why I want you to know that we can definitely make life better when you make your own recovery your own. And that is hard. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You have to have some guts, and you have to know that, yes, you can do it. And so I am Carol Jurgensen Sheets, and you know, as I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times. I want you to fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. And that means getting the help you deserve, whether you are an addict that wants recovery, a partner who wants to see her husband get recovery, or herself, because, you know, trauma is trauma, and it is it's excruciating. I know tomorrow and Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'm going to be training partners in ways that are going to make a difference in their lives. Many of the people that actually want to become certified therapists or coaches are partners. And EPSAT has a program just for them. So if you, somebody who's a partner, and you want to become partner-sensitive and you want to get your certification as a coach or a therapist, go to AppSats.org and uh, learn what you need to give purpose to the trauma that you've been in. You make it a great day, and we will see you later. And for all the addicts that are working on integrity, you work it, because when you work it, it works. Have a great day.